is Lee Klein, and we have been talking about, and of course are going to continue to talk talk about today, how we can be ready for Jesus. So let's acknowledge him. Jesus, we thank you and praise you for teaching us, for telling us things to come, for showing us that we're not ready and how to be ready. So we just acknowledge you. We love you, we praise you, and we're here to hear what you have to say. Love you in Jesus' name. In your name we pray. He's so good. He is so in love with us. Romans 1, 119. For that which is known about God is evident to them and made plain in their inner conscience because God himself has shown it to them. For Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature and attributes, that is, his external power and divinity have been made intelligible and clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made his handiworks. So men are without excuse altogether, without any defense or justification, because they knew and recognized him as God. They did not honor God. They did not glorify him and give him thanks, but instead they became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imaginings, foolish reasonings, and stupid speculations, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Professing to be smart, they made simpletons of themselves. That was verse 22. And so what God is saying is he's made himself real to every person. In their inner conscience, they know he's God. And on that day when you stand before him, you will be without excuse. You won't be able to say, I didn't know. Because he's made it clear to all of us, you did know. You have that inner knowing. He gave that to you. And that's what he said right here. But even though we know, he keeps coming and reminding us. And that's what Jesus is doing. You know, we're to be getting ready. We're to be growing up and being like him, being recreated in his likeness. We're to take on his character. We talked about that yesterday. And today, what is? ask yourself, what do you think Jesus is doing to prepare for that day? As the groom, we're the bride, he's the groom. What do you think he's doing? What is he doing? He's made it very clear to me that part of what he's doing is grieving because he knows things to come. He knows that many will not choose him. He's beckoning us. He's reaching out to us. He's hiring anybody who will work for him to go and to prepare the way for him, to say, Jesus is coming Shout it on the rooftops. Tell everyone, Jesus is coming. Don't walk by one person. Tell them, I'm coming. And they need to be ready. Are you going to submit to him? Are you going to, be, are you going to let him recreate you in his likeness? Are you going to come in agreement with him? Are you going to read the word of God to get to know him? Just like in the day of Noah, when God knew what was going to happen, he knows now. And he's grieving ahead of time. And so any available voice that he can get to tell that he is coming, he'll take it. 
because it is not his will, Peter tells us. It's not his will that one should perish. It's not his will. He loves you. And that's why he keeps telling you over and over again. You know, it's so sad when um, people just are like, I am sick of you saying that. You just know they're thinking that. Or some people just say, don't talk to me about Jesus. We're not going to talk about that. As if they are sick and tired of hearing it. But then the sad thing is, on that day, it's going to be horrible for them. Absolutely horrible. They're going to be so sad. So, so, so miserable. So regretful that they thought that way. And so it's our part to tell them ahead of time, you don't want to ignore me. You don't want to have that attitude. Jesus is coming. And if you don't choose him, you're going to spend eternity in hell. And you don't want to. It's not good there. You can't, you're not going to be able to stand it there. You know, so many people, Jesus shows me this, so many people, especially Christians, um, they just think they're ready. They, they said the prayer. They love Jesus. And they just think they're ready. But most of them are too prideful to even say, Jesus, am I ready? And so those very people are the ones that on that day are going to say, Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. You can't know if you're doing his will unless you let him show you. You can't see without him. You can't do anything without him. And then they're going to say, Lord, but we prophesied in your name. We, drew, we drove out demons in your name. We did this and that in your name. And then he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. Why is he going to say that? Get on your knees and find out. Seek him. Knock. Say, is that me, Lord? You don't want to be blind. You want to know what is going to happen. You want to hear him tell you things to come. You don't want to find out when it's too late. When it's too late, he's going to say, there was nothing I could do. I sent Lee to you. I sent this person and that person. I gave you this dream, this vision. And you forgot it. You just let it go. You didn't take me seriously. Because you're preoccupied. You know, just like in the dream I was telling you, it was a physical thing. I was running around trying to get ready, not spiritually, physically. I don't know what I was doing. I'm thinking, fixing my hair, doing my nails at the last minute, looking for, um, I don't know, that, that special whatever that I wanted to put on, maybe a piece of jewelry or whatever it is. And meanwhile, Jesus is waiting. And we're doing that. We think we know how to be ready, and we don't. We're just doing all this natural stuff. And even many, you know, have their funeral planned out, their their coffin picked out, and, you know, um, where their money's going to go, what they're going to wear, and 
um, the coffin, maybe, I don't know. And they have the whole thing planned out, but they have no idea where they're going. They might think they do. They might hope that they do, but they don't know. And so what Jesus is doing right now is he's beckoning us to hear him, to have ears to hear, to be paying attention, not, not be distracted. He's, shepherd, he's separating the sheep from the goats, and he's crying. He showed me this this morning as he's doing it. This is a time of testing. He told me that last year. I feel like I have super, super, super abundantly been tested. And, you know, Revelation tells us that the overcomers, their name won't be blotted out of the book of life. You can get your name in that book, but you got to work so it's not blotted out of the book of life. You know, so many people are against that. I don't have to do anything. Jesus laid down his life for me. He did. But if you believe, then your life is going to show that you believe. You're going to have faith action to say, I believe. You're not going to go back to your old way of living. You're now an overcomer. And the enemy is out to kill, still, and destroy. The kingdom of God is taken by force. And so you're going to have this force against you. Jesus said, on the narrow path, there's going to be pressure. And the narrow path leads to eternal life. So, of course, you have to do something. You have to work out your salvation. You have to seek God every single day and find out where you are. You know, there's any place you could be that you don't know. You could be doing the wrong thing at this moment. There might be somebody that God asked you to minister to or a book he asked you to write. And that's practicing lawlessness if you don't do it because it's for the kingdom. It's for him. He's asking us to prepare the way for him. And we do that by getting our instructions from him. I have so many things to do that I haven't done yet. And there's so many distractions that are in the way. And if you're distracted and you don't know you're distracted, you need Jesus to tell you you're distracted. Once I was asking him why his blessing stopped. And you know what he said? I mean, think about this. If you really want to know, meet me here tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. How many people don't want to know? I, I, I've talked to people, and they're like, I don't want to know. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to think about that. Why? Because they don't want to deal with it. This is something you need to deal with. This is your eternity. You don't want to fool around with your eternity. You want to make a clear choice. Choose life. And you choose life by letting Jesus Show you, letting him recreate you, going to him, letting him teach you, correct you. Because he loves you. Heed his voice. And if you're not heeding his voice, you're heeding the voice of the enemy. And that is not a good thing. And you won't even know it. You're deceived. And so what is Jesus doing? 
He's watching you. I remember when I um, was to meet him at that bench, and there were, all the benches looked the same. And I couldn't remember which bench it was, and I'm running back and forth. And then all of a sudden I sensed him watching me. I was flustered. I couldn't find the bench. It was really important for me to know. And he said, I knew you'd be here, but I also knew you'd be late. And that was part of my message. I was late. We are late. The groom is coming. And if we're too late, if you got to go get some oil yet, if you got to go write some books yet, if you have to go forgive someone yet, whatever it is, you want that instruction ahead of time. So, yeah, you really want to know. The five foolish virgins weren't ready. They had to quick go do something that they hadn't done. When we're standing in that line before Jesus, the sheep and the goats, I just know. I just know in my spirit that we're going to already know what Jesus is going to say to us. We're already going to be in that line and then realize it. And then we're going to start wishing he didn't come because we weren't ready. We didn't do what he said. You knew what to do, but you put it off, put it off, put it off. You thought you had time, but you didn't. All of a sudden you found out you didn't. It's too late. It's too late. And now Jesus is here, and you had no idea He came like a thief in the night because you weren't watching. And he's dreading that day. He's dreading that day. He's beckoning us. Giving us dreams, visions. Using whatever we come into contact with to say, hey, I'm here. Pay attention. He's trying to get our attention. So that when he comes, we're ready. We need to be ready. It's not his will that one should perish. Second Peter 3, starting verse 8. Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape you, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Think about that. The Lord does not delay, and he's not tardy or slow about what he promises, according to some people's conception of slowness. But he's long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that any should perish, but all should turn to repentance. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. It's going to come. You're not going to be ready. He's already telling you, you're not ready. And then the heavens will vanish, pass away with a thunderous crash. Did you know that? And the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire. And the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. All we're doing without him is going to be burned up. We, we give so much attention to physical things but no attention to him, and it's all going to burn. Think of that. How silly. I was walking through a store, I don't know how many years ago that was, 
And it came up in my spirit that all this stuff that we're giving so much energy to is just going to burn. The stuff on the shelves aren't going to mean anything. Since all these things are thus in the process of being dissolved, what kind of person ought you be, each of you be? In the meanwhile, in consecrated and holy behavior and devote and godly qualities, while you wait earnestly for and expect and hasten the coming of the day of the Lord, by reason of which the flaming heavens will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire. But we look for the new heavens and the new earth according to his promise in which a righteousness, uprightness, freedom from sin and right standing with God is to abide. So, beloved, since you're expecting these things, be eager to be found by him at his coming without spot or blemish and at peace and serene confidence, free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. He's grieving. He's waiting. He's beckoning us. He's sending his workers out here and there and everywhere. He's giving us instruction. He's reaching out to us because it's not his will that one should perish. He's doing all he can to get through to us. So on that day, we'll be right with him. So thank you, Jesus, for showing us the truth. And thank you for helping us to get it. Thank you, Jesus. I love you and praise and give you all the glory. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.